0: News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. I am down at Truist Field. That is the sounds you hear behind me. That is the sounds of the Carolinas Veterans Day Festival. And uh, it's presented by Truist as well as Lowe's and uh, the charlotte knights here it's all made possible with uh generous support from uh the knights and Truist and lows but also a lot of these veterans uh owned businesses that are here and businesses that seek to hire veterans they are here so uh we're here until two o'clock so if you have some time you're in the area swing on by for another almost hour tons of stuff to do you can take it all in and it is free it is totally free. So head on down, and I think Bo, is Bo doing the, has he done the awards yet? I, don't. I believe he has. I didn't even get to hear. See, I can't hear anything over here uh, when Bo talks. So, oh, oh, that's why one o'clock is the silent auction. All right, I'll be back. No, I'm kidding, but I do need to go, I do need to check it out. They got stuff like a Mexico trip, a Phil Mickelson flag which I think is just a big picture of him. Ooh. It's a big flag of his face. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Pappy Van Winkle cigars. Top golf. I mean, Knights package. I got watches. I got a ton of stuff here. Yeah, right. I'll be back. No, I'm kidding. I'm still here. The Carolinas Veterans Day Festival until 2 o'clock. All right. Uh, in the first hour, I was talking about the Leandro uh, school funding case. And we had a development that occurred uh on yesterday, but everybody knew it was coming on, on Tuesday. The plaintiffs in this case, which are, I mean, there's just a ton of them, because over the 27 years that the case has been litigated, there have been so many people that have signed on, like all these boards of education in... Um, uh, in, in all these different counties, in Hope County and Halifax, I think at one point Charlotte Mecklenburg is actually listed as one of the defendants in this case, but I think at one point they were also a plaintiff. So it's it's just a mess, okay? Um, the media, the activists, the educrats, they were all uh, engaging in a pressure campaign called Lead with Leandro, the purpose being to convince the governor and or the judge in the case to bypass the state legislature. And this week, the judge did that. The plaintiffs asked the Superior Court Judge David Lee to order state finance executives to move $1.7 billion in unappropriated funds to three state entities to be spent on education. Bypassing the legislature. WRAL reporting that fund, or sorry, that would fund the second and third years of the court-approved plan. See, because the plan was developed by this consultant out of California. And that consultant was hired by, wait for it the cooper administration that's right this is another collusive settlement that's what this is it's another collusive agreement entered into where the plaintiffs and the defendants all agree on where they want to go the case at hand is the so-called leandro lawsuit first filed in 1994 Um, families in five low wealth counties and those county school boards uh, they all filed suit against the state alleging that the schools were not being sufficiently funded because of north carolina The state funds operation costs and the local counties fund capital costs. Now, local counties can add supplemental funding. Charlotte Mecklenburg does or Mecklenburg County does, for example, to the tune of like half a billion dollars. So you can add to it, but they went after the state. The second ruling and so the first ruling that was that was the first two North Carolina Supreme Court rulings favored the plaintiffs. The second one came in 04 when the court ordered the state to remedy its shortcomings while giving sufficient deference to the General Assembly to do so. So in 2004, the state Supreme Court said, hey, General Assembly, you guys need to remedy the problem. The General Assembly, which was led by Democrats then and now led by Republicans, has never submitted a formal plan to comply with the rulings. Is that necessary? Some changes have been made since 2004 to education policy and funding, though not to an extent courts have found sufficient in periodic progress hearings. So they keep coming back, and they ask for progress reports, basically, and they're like, oh, the state's trying to do this, and the state's trying to do that. Like, for example, a merit-based teacher pay system. A merit-based teacher pay system, I would submit, would have done a lot of good for the... uh, for complying with Leandro, for providing a sound and basic education. I think that would have been helpful. However, Democrats sued over that. They didn't want a merit-based pay system. Because remember, the original judge in the case had said that the key here is a good teacher in every classroom. How do you get that? How do you guarantee a good teacher in every classroom? How do you guarantee a good principal in every school? How does that happen? Republican legislative leaders have argued that the courts cannot set the budget. They're not so and, and they aren't sold that the plan would close the achievement gaps among students and schools. Simply throwing money, because this is what West the West Ed report did. It just said, pay more money, use more taxpayer money. Is that supposed to fix the problem, though? And the people on the left, they say, yes, that's it. Or they'll say, well, we're not simply saying more money. We're saying it's all the things the money will buy. Counselors and school nurses and it's just more of the same. It's you keep doing the same thing because here's the thing. When you talk about education funding resources and you say, well, what's the optimal per pupil expenditure? Tell me the number. What number do I need to hit in order for every uh, every kid to be on grade level? What's that number? What number per pupil spending, what number do I need to hit um, in order for there to be no achievement gap? Oh, sorry. Opportunity gap. That's what they call it now because we don't want to offend. So the achievement gap, the difference in test scores among different demographic populations. How do you close that? What's the per pupil funding number? There There is no number for that. Nobody has a number for that. It's just more. That's the number it's always more it's just a bigger number and why well depending on the state you're in in north carolina i know does not have collective bargaining rights for its union but it still has its ncae union so in states that have collective bargaining rights their unions and they can like automatically enroll people in their unions um it's essentially a money laundering operation then you got Taxpayer funds that get siphoned out, given to employees, the employees then take that money and use it to fund the campaigns and the work of the Democratic politicians and the party establishment and all of the nonprofits that are hooked into this educratic industry. And then they just raise more taxes and take more money out and give it to the employees who then give it back to them, who then get re-elected to take more out to give it to the employees you see like that's it's the cycle here that's the cycle just talk 11 10, 3 wbtp calendar here i'm at Truist truest field in about another i guess probably half hour they're going to be wrapping up the inaugural carolina's veterans day festival uh, veterans bridge home and Truist and lowe's and tons of other sponsors that are out here it's just been a great event and uh, looking forward to this being like an annual event now finally I was just talking to old colleague over there who was here at the event, and I'm like, "Do we not have anything in like for veterans? Like literally, there wasn't any event. I think this is it. This is it. Obviously, now. I mean, we're here, so this This is is it. it. Uh, But that's it's amazing. It's surprising, and kind of sad to me that. So good for veterans, Bridge Home, and Truist, and Lowe's, and. And you, John Moore. Thank you, sir. There should be more. I agree with you, Pete. Yeah. More of you, more of me, more of you, but <laughs> but more more for the veterans. I mean, it's 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 you know it's Yes. Um, so happy Veterans Day as well. And uh, uh, also yesterday, I did say Happy Birthday to the Marine Corps, but then I did not specifically mention my dad, and I got a, a direct message about it. So, happy Marine Corps birthday, Dad. (laughs) So check that box. All righty. So the Leandro case, this school funding case, and I said earlier, this is now a constitutional crisis because you have a judge, we have a judge in North Carolina that is now going uh, around the the legislature. The general or uh, the attorney general of the state, he put out a memo the other day telling the judge, hey, judge, it's okay. You're totally fine. Here's my argument for it. Like, there's maybe a unique circumstance here where you could maybe say that the Constitution totally gives you the right to take a bunch of money out of the general fund and spend it on this plan because, you know, the Constitution says that everyone's got the right to a, uh, an education. Article 1, Section 15, everyone has the right to the privilege of education. See, and so that's kind of like an appropriation. I mean, it's basically the same thing. It can be said. Literally what he says there. Can be said. And then he cites Richmond County Board of Ed versus Cowell, who I believe at the time, Janet Cowell, she was the treasurer, I want to say, back when this case was probably heard. Anyway, Court of Appeals explained, This is our Attorney General, Josh Stein, who, by the way, Democrat, will be running for governor. Everybody believes, everybody assumes he's running for uh, North Carolina governor in another uh, three years or so, two years now, I guess. The Court of Appeals explained in this case that courts could not order the state to give the board new money from the state treasury. The Court of Appeals further articulated that Article 5, Section 7 of the State Constitution permits state officials to draw money from the State Treasury only when an appropriation has been, quote, made by law. And so their argument here is that the appropriation has been, quote, made by law, and that made by law is defined as in the Constitution. So therefore, state officials can draw money because the Constitution says you have the uh, the right to a privilege of an education. And so, see, it's kind of like it's right there in black and white, except it's not in black and white. You kind of got to divine the meaning. You got to kind of make up some stuff to get there. But we got there. Yes, look at us. We're awesome. Uh, where, the, where the Constitution mandates funds be used for a particular purpose, quote, it is well within the judicial branch's power to order that those funds be expended in accordance with constitutional dictates. And here's the logic. If the court concludes that Article 1, Section 15 represents an ongoing constitutional appropriation of funds sufficient to create and maintain a school system that provides each of our state students with the constitutional minimum of a sound basic education, then it may be deemed an appropriation made by law. That's how they get there. That's the rationale. Which flies in the face of all previous legal understanding. They then, he then goes on to another case. He's, uh, this is Cooper v. Berger. Uh, in that case, the Supreme Court rejected Governor Roy Cooper's argument that the General Assembly had overstepped its constitutional authority by appropriating federal block grant money in a way that was different than the governor wanted to appropriate the money. Okay, so the governor wanted to. He had a preferred method of uh, of distributing the money, and the general assembly came in and said, "No, you don't, uh, or you, you don't get to do that. We get to do that because we appropriate the money." And the state supreme court said, "The general assembly is correct." Think about this. They're literally making the argument right now that the general assembly appropriates the money. <laughs> they cite he's citing as the law, as the precedent. A thing that undermines the very the very premise of his argument accordingly if the court concludes that article 1 section 15 represents see, he keeps saying this if the court concludes that article 1 section 15 represents a constitutional appropriation see so that's what the judge needs to do that's how the judge needs to get there see the, the attorney general can only take him so far You must walk these last steps yourself, Judge Lee. You must do this on your own. And Judge Lee was like, I'm there. Totally fine. Did it. So he's going to say it does represent a constitutional appropriation. Here's the problem. There's no limiting principle here. The Constitution was uh, was not written as an appropriation document. So there's no limiting principle as to what you could divine the money to be used for. Right? You can make up... Anything you want, as long as you can shoehorn it into the nebulous language of the Constitution when it comes to specific program funding allocations. It's just nuts. There's no limiting principle. This is this is insanity. He has one more uh, uh, court case that he cites, um, and it's it's weak, weak, weak. He's uh, saying it may provide the court with further guidance about the framers' intent. To cabin the legislature's discretion with respect to funding, so it's not really the 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 main point here is that it requires the judge to take the first step to make that leap and to take us down this path towards the constitutional crisis where we are. All right. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three wbt here at Truist Field, home of the Charlotte Knights for the Carolina's Veterans Day Festival, the inaugural one. So far, big hit, and uh, like I said, I think everybody, right, I haven't heard any sirens or anything, so I think... Uh-oh i think the parachutists survived oh I, I saw a tweet earlier that showed the parachutists oh so good it, fantastic it went, went well it's always it's always a concern of mine yeah like I, no sirens yeah yeah just the vuvuzelas yeah like i would never i would never jump out of an aircraft so i it just seems very weird that other people would um all right so you got the judge david lee's out of union county and uh he's a superior court judge but he was appointed uh, to this uh, Leandro case by the state Supreme Court. He's not the original judge in the um, in the case. The original judge was Howard Manning. And that's going to play uh, an important part here in a bit. So first, Judge Lee says that he has the authority to basically order this funding because the state constitution allows him... Uh, or says that this is an appropriation, this is the stretch, as I went over earlier, this is the stretch to get to uh, the part where they take the money. House Speaker Tim Moore, he responded, Attorney General Josh Stein, who uh, wrote the memo that I read from earlier, who only considers the North Carolina Constitution a suggestion on how to perform his duties, now sees a mandate where none exists. The North Carolina Constitution gives the General Assembly the exclusive authority to appropriate funds. Any attempt to circumvent the legislature in this regard would amount to judicial misconduct and will be met with the strongest possible response. Now, what is the strongest possible response? Hard to say. Um, Don't know. Impeachment. I have some. I have some options. I'm going to go over in a bit. The legislative branch is the closest to the people, and the people were loud and clear when they elected their representatives in the general assembly to do their job as outlined in our constitution. How many times will the courts tell North Carolinians that their vote doesn't matter? So that's one response. Next up, this came out of the state senate. Judge David Lee will violate the state constitution and 200 years of legal precedent. By ordering the executive branch to withdraw $1.7 billion from the state treasury over the objections of the legislature. And by the way, uh, lest you think that education is not getting funded, education is literally the top spending priority in the state of North Carolina. Literally, it, it accounts for, I believe, more than half of all of the expenditures. Which is like, the state budget's $20 billion, $22 billion or so. Attorney General Josh Stein's defense against this lawlessness was to claim the words in the Constitution from 1868, "The people have a right to the privilege, uh, privilege of education, that this is a specific appropriation of funds now. And how much money did the Constitution formally appropriate in 1868? That's a good question. How much did the Constitution appropriate $10 billion in education funding for 2021? How about 15 billion? How about 30 billion? What's the limiting principle? I ask that. That, according to Stein, is a question only an out-of-state consultancy called West Ed, which was funded by the Cooper administration, is allowed to determine. North Carolina's Supreme Court ruling just 11 months ago stated that the power of the purse is the exclusive prerogative of the General Assembly, with the origin of the Appropriations Clause dating back to the time that the original state constitution was ratified in 1776. That was last year. That was the state state Supreme Court ruling last year. Here's a comment from State Senator Dina Ballard. She co-chairs the Senate Education Committee. She said, Attorney General Stein's defense is yet more evidence that this circus is all about enacting Governor Cooper's preferred spending plan over the objections of the legislature, the only branch legally authorized to make spending decisions. Okay, so there's the reaction, or I guess you could say the pre-action, because this is what they said before Judge Lee made his decision, and then he made his decision. That was yesterday ordering the executive branch leaders to withdraw $1.7 billion from the general fund and spend it on his preferred policy items, which come from this West Ed plan. Senate leader Phil Berger put out a joint statement with House Speaker Tim Moore. And he says, this case has devolved into an attempt by politically allied lawyers and the governor to enact the governor's preferred budget plan via court order, cutting out the legislature from its proper and constitutional role. If Judge Lee's orders are followed, the legislature's core duty is usurped by an unelected county-level trial judge and an out-of-state consultancy funded by the governor and his political allies. Thankfully, executive branch officials swear an oath to the Constitution, not to an unelected county-level trial judge. A a judge does not have the legal or constitutional authority to order a withdrawal, withdrawal. I hate that word. Have I ever told you how much I hate that word? Withdrawal. Because it sounds like an R, but it's a W, and I want to pronounce the W, but I have never found a way to make it sound like a W when I try. Anyway, the only rebuttal to this clear precedent is absurd theory developed by the Attorney General Josh Stein that argues the Constitution ordered some specific level of funding back in 1868. And that West Ed, this consultant group out of San Francisco, that they're somehow the only ones that were able to decipher that funding level. They called this a circus. All right. Then you've got Burley Mitchell and Henry Van Hoy. Uh, Burleigh Mitchell served as chief justice of the state Supreme Court. Henry Van Hoy is a former president of the North Carolina Bar Association. He's an attorney in Moxville. And they are all in on the Democrats' interpretation of the Constitution in order to shoehorn this ruling. In order to shoehorn in this ruling. Th- they're all on board with this. This is why, again, I point this out, for people who wonder why conservatives have such a low opinion of the courts and lawyers. This is why. You guys are making garbage up. You're just making it up because you want funding for K-12 government schools to be more than it is. Up next, I've got Judge Howard Manning's memo. He put out a statement on all of this. He was the original judge in the case, and it is fire. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, I have this memo. It's only a couple paragraphs. It was written by the former judge, the original judge in the Leandro case. His name is Howard Manning, Jr. He's retired, but this is what he says. Uh, He says, to the General Assembly, the governor, the attorney general, superintendent of public, uh, public instruction. And then I think he also cc's, yep, Judge David Lee at the very end. Subject line, Leandro Case and the present media-driven controversy from Judge Howard Manning Jr., retired but still functioning, (laughs) and focused on children in North Carolina, especially those at risk of academic failure. This is the guy, remember, that coined the term academic genocide when talking about what the the legislature had been doing in K-12 education. As the original trial judge appointed by Chief Justice Mitchell in 1997 to handle Leandro until 2016, when for medical reasons I had to withdraw, I have every right to continue to observe the case and read data about our schools that is public record and furthermore to comment on the law in the case. At the present time, there is a media-induced frenzy about the Leandro judge proposing to enter an order requiring the General Assembly to appropriate over a billion dollars for the educational establishment. As the press is licking its lips for 15 minutes on the 6 o'clock news, I will refer all to the following decisions from our Supreme Court and other decisions relating specifically to the power of the judicial branch. Let me just cite the one that he cites first here. Able Outdoor Incorporated versus Harrelson, 1995. Case decided by Justice Webb, or the, uh, the opinion issued by Justice Webb, a Democrat, he notes. Quote, this is from the Supreme Court ruling. We hold, however, that the Court of Appeals erred in affirming Judge Cashwell's order allowing execution against the state Uh, In Smith v. State, we held that if a plaintiff is successful in establishing his claim, he cannot obtain execution to uh, to enforce the judgment. Here's the key line. We said, the judiciary will have performed its function to the limit of its constitutional powers. Again, the judiciary will have performed its function to the limit of its constitutional powers. Satisfaction will depend upon the manner in which the General Assembly discharges its constitutional duties. Pursuant to that case, we do not believe the judicial branch of our state government has the power to enforce an execution against the executive branch. So that's a quote from the opinion. He then goes on to say, You should also read the following decisions attached to this memorandum, which also declare the limits of the court's power to execute or require the legislative and executive branches of government to appropriate money. Finally, Leandro requires that the children, not the educational establishment, have the constitutional right to the equal opportunity to obtain a sound basic education. (laughs) You hear what he said there? This is... What he's saying is, what you are doing is not about the kids. The kids have the right to the educational uh, uh, privilege. Not you adults, not you educators, not you educrats at the DPI and in the the halls of uh, uh, the administrative offices around the state, not you guys. It's not the educational establishment that has uh, the uh, the right the constitutional right to an equal opportunity to a sound basic education this has not and is not happening now as the little kids are not being taught to read and write because of a failure in classroom instruction as required by this case he said first oh this is a quote from the uh, from the earlier ruling first every classroom be staffed with a competent certified, well-trained teacher who is teaching the standard course of study by implementing effective educational methods that provide differentiated individualized instruction, assessment, and remediation to the students in that classroom. That was from his original order. Okay, He says this is not happening right now. Our children that cannot read by the third grade are by and large doomed not to succeed by the time they get to high school. As shown by the record in this case, That is a failure of classroom instruction. He's laying this all right at the feet of the educators. All the people that are in the K-12 education complex, okay, all of you guys that are part of this, this failure is owned by all of them. The kids that are not at grade level are the ones who are suffering. The answer is not to throw more money at the K-12 complex that has so far failed these kids. I would submit, once again, just a radio host, but I would submit, you maybe take a look at the growth in administrative costs. I would say, you know what, how about we go back to some basics. Let's make sure the kids can actually read at grade level, can do math at grade level, and let's eliminate basically everything else that's superfluous to those goals. State those as the goals. Here, uh, CMS on Tuesday night, this was one of the things I was watching. They were going over their goals and guardrails or something document. And They're talking about resetting the baseline by which they want to measure their progress because the pandemic you see, because they were supposed to be at, they were at, when they set the goals up back in like 2019, they were like, by 2024, we anticipate having two thirds of the students at grade level. Whereas right now it's only at at 30% at grade level. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit and now it's like 20% at grade level. So they want to reset the baseline. Well, what does that mean? They're resetting the baseline. It means they want to ignore their original goal, which they weren't going to hit either. They weren't, uh, unless what, you thought in the next two years they were going to make up, like they were going to see 100% growth where they hadn't seen it before. Manning's memo concludes, reduced to essentials, in my opinion, the children are not being provided the opportunity because after all of the millions spent, 90% of school costs are for adult salaries and benefits. And the data shows, as it did years ago and up to now, the educational establishment has not produced results. I will produce the details with an updated report on the reading problem in the next three weeks. <laughs> so this guy, he's he's retired. He's out. But he is making more sense on the case, which, of course, he wouldn't. By the way, like I, I saw him... Uh, years ago when cms dragged up there to raleigh to sit in his courtroom and he just ripped into cms and had all sorts of pointed questions and this has been his argument from the beginning you guys keep spending money where the kids ain't and spending more money where the kids are not isn't going to make the kids get better up next going to be joined by uh caleb howe he's the senior editor at mediaite.com stick around for that